Welcome to Q&A Selling Online with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm. Welcome to the show, my friends. Today, we have a special guest who's a multi-million dollar SaaS founder with a company with over 284,000 customers worldwide. He's a graduated developer with an MBA from California State University, who in 2008 co-founded Octoline, a virtual PBS, PBX SaaS service. He later founded JiboChat in 2012 with Nick Ivanikov and he scaled it to millions of dollars per year without outside investments. Welcome, Timur Valashev. Hi, Tim. Tim, how's it going? Fine, thanks for inviting me. Very good to have you here, Tim. It's a pleasure. So. Let's talk a little bit about you before JivoChat. Uh, I mean, what did you do and what did you create and who are you? Yeah, uh, well, I started as a programmer. Uh, then after working for a couple of years, I approached the owner of the company who I was working for and uh, offered him to start a business based on the piece of software that uh, we've created inside the company. And that's how my first business, Octoline, was born. It was a, a PBX service, a telephony service for small businesses where you can buy a phone number, uh, receive calls, uh, make calls, and have those automated IVR menus uh, for people who are calling you. Uh, that uh, was my uh, business, let's say, with outside, with an outside investor. Yeah. And uh, that's why my second business, JavaChat, I decided to go without investments of any kind. That was not quite successful experience the first time um yeah so that's uh, how i got to java chat uh, basically i uh, saw that uh, all live chat solutions on the market at the time in 2012 uh, i didn't like any of them they were like, either ugly or too expensive or both or well i thought we could create better product uh, for existing need um, and that's uh, how we started java chat and we've been growing ever since for the past eight years so is scaling uh, Jivo Chat without external investment, does that mean it didn't grow as fast as it could have? Or was it was it limited? Uh, well, uh, probably. I didn't, uh, I didn't have anything to support that uh, statement because mm-hmm. from the beginning, we made a couple of decisions that um, turned out to be right and helped us to grow without external money. Uh, first of all, we started with freemium model. And that's how we exchanged the software that we created for attention to mm-hmm. our to our product because we have powered by JavaChat uh, label that cannot be removed in the free version of our product. And the more customers install our widget on their sites, the, the more exposure we have. Uh, that's, that definitely was one of the right decisions. Another right decision was to work remotely without the office. Even now, uh, uh, out of 130 people, only 30 people work from from the office, and about 100 guys work uh, from their homes. That also helped us to, to save uh, some money, at, at least at the, at the beginning, um, and uh, well, reinvest them in more important stuff than renting so an office. You you still use the freemium model today? Yes, uh, and uh, well, we've been running for eight years on premium model. And uh, uh, it's very, very scary 
to to tune such things that are working <laughs> you know so I, I i can say that that is the most effective business model for our service i can uh, definitely say that it's working good enough because yes. uh, all the uh, business decisions that we made working remotely running on freemium creating a simple and easy to use product um there's no way to tell if that's the optimal decision the only Think that we can say if it was working for us yeah. at the moment or or not. So yeah, because just a couple of days ago we were having a, a, an argument with my one of my friends. What's more effective for programmers working from the office, where you can see other programmers around you when you exchange experience, uh, or when you're working from your home when you're isolated but more focused. Mm-hmm. So you never know. <laughs> yes. The only way to tell is to have an A/B test. Exactly. And without A-B testing, you, you cannot know for sure. Uh, I mean, you know what's working for you, so you don't know if there's a better working option, but at least it's working. Yeah, exactly. And, and the option, what you talked about, were things that actually did work for you, and there there's always things that didn't work. What are some of the things that didn't work? Things that didn't work for us? Um, well, I can name a couple of features that we released and uh, then realized that... Uh, they were uh, quite poor investment. But I believe that's true for any product because uh, in product management, it's uh, all about the uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can decrease the level of uncertainty by uh, launching early betas, by uh, studying your audience uh, better, to running a mock-up versions of your features. So a, a lot of techniques to decrease the amount of uncertainty, but still it, uh, it's never decreased to zero. Yeah. So, yeah, probably uh, there are a lot of uh, product decisions that I can uh, name we we could have done without. And one of them were, well, many of them relate to fine-tuning our product for particular customers. So we run on a scalable model. So we have 37,000 paid customers, 280 uh, active customers on our product, and... Uh, Every update in our product affects a lot of people. So very often there is uh, um, there, there are customers coming to us and uh, asking for specific features. And very often they are big companies, and it's very hard to turn them down, uh, considering the checks that are eager to pay. Nice. Uh, and uh, what I see retrospectively, we would be better off declining all those uh, opportunities and uh, rejecting those uh, updates to our product. For specific, for particular specific customers, and focusing on our strategy, mm-hmm. on the things that we see are priority for broader markets. Okay. Also, uh, probably um, we would be uh, better off if we invested more in launching in niche markets, in uh, particularly in developing countries like Southeast Asia, maybe China, maybe Africa, uh, some European countries. Like American countries, uh, we're doing that right now, and we've been doing this past three years. I think it would be better if we uh, were oriented for this uh, right at the beginning, because we would save us uh, a lot of time in growing those markets. Because in our business model, how it works when we launch, for example, in Latin America, it's uh, a market different from Europe, from the United States. It should be very, very localized to get growth there, or in Southeast Asia. At first, we invest a lot of money in paid ads to get initial base of customers who then uh, act as a referral group for other customers who come to us. Because those customers who 
use our product on their site. They promote Java chat for broader audience. And uh, even if our microeconomic model isn't working on that group of customers that we initially acquire, it uh, then uh, is paid off by all those customers who are referred from that initial group. Okay. But that takes time. So, it, for example, in Brazil, it, takes, it took us uh, one and a half years, I believe, to start getting that organic traffic. Yeah, Brazil seems to be a great market. And uh, I, I often advertise to in Brazil because I, I do speak Portuguese very well. And also because online ads um, have a lower cost per click on, on Brazil, Portugal. Uh, although, unfortunately, um, Portugal is not my, my target audience right now. So uh, I, I can't advertise there. But I, I can see... I can see a huge potential in in the Brazil market. So I think exactly, that's that's exactly strategy. why Brazil is priority for us, uh, same as uh, Russia, for example, because uh, we're running we're running on our own cash, and we're not we're not burning investors' money. So uh, we have to make very careful decisions about where do we invest. And uh, for example, I'm not. Uh, really enjoying investing in ads in the United States because, for example, in Brazil, once one lead costs us around $5. In the United States, it's 38 or something yeah. like that. I was going to say 40, so, yeah. Yeah. So same in Russia or Turkey or Indonesia. Uh, those markets are growing very fast and uh, e-commerce is growing very fast because for JavaChat, primary audience are e-commerces. We help them improve their conversions on their sites, get more from the ads that they're running to get more clients from the clicks they're already paying for. So uh, in those countries where e-commerce grow the fastest, we are uh, we are discovering better conversions, less uh, click cost because, well, when the market is occupied, like in Europe or United States, we, we're competing with guys with millions of dollars in investments, tens of, or hundreds of millions. So that's that's why it's thirty dollars instead of five. Yeah, Brazil is one of those markets. Yes, and uh, actually, there is a funny thing I noticed um, in Wikipedia. There is a table showing uh, internet penetration rate by country, and what I noticed is uh, better the best markets for us are those where internet penetration is between forty and seventy percent. So if it's over seventy percent, it means that the market is hard. The clicks mm. are expensive. There are a lot of competitors. If it's below 40%, it means that people are not ready to buy SaaS products yet. There will be problems with conversions, uh, with payment methods, and whatever. And if uh, countries are between 40 and 70, in those countries, we see really uh, easy-to-use opportunities that do not require a lot of money to invest and that uh, can uh, show positive ROI right from the start. That's where the, the freebie model is is the best because in, in a lot of those countries people that want to test and that are starting out it could not afford uh, or not that it couldn't afford but more than likely probably wouldn't want to mm -hmm. from the beginning and then by the time their business becomes successful they already have Jiva chat installed so that's and, true that's that's true but sometimes uh, there is a caveat for example in india we are struggling making people pay or Pakistan a lot of uh, we get a lot of signups of people who run e-commerce in India and Pakistan but I know something in their culture stops them from switching to 
paid version if there is a free version available. So it's really, really hard to uh, convince someone from India to to switch to paid version. Uh, whereas uh, from Brazil or Europe, or Turkey, there are no such problems. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And you mentioned earlier that you have now a team of 130, 30 of them uh, yeah, correct. work at the office and about 100 work from home. Now, yep. with 130, for one of the things I want to know is, for example, how do you train your remote staff? Like, because there, there's training required, and uh, at this point, it's probably not you doing it, but how, how does it happen? That's a very good question. Um, Exchange of experience and uh, learn, uh, teaching people stuff remotely is uh, very, very hard. That's one of the reasons why we don't hire uh, junior people for most of the positions remotely. So we try to uh, hire for our remote team. We try to hire all already qualified specialists, especially engineers, mm -hmm. because uh, uh, we had a couple of experiments hiring uh, guys uh, who are still early in their career, and uh, it almost never turned out well. So there, there are a couple of examples of guys who grew inside our team. For example, they started as tech support, then they switched to QA team, and then some of them switched to programmers. Uh, but but uh, that's uh, not quite often. So uh, when uh, it comes to sharing experience, it takes a lot of energy and time. For example, for our engineering team, there are special, uh, there's a special program called Tech Bonus where we give uh, gifts uh, and uh, motivate guys to, to make a presentations to the rest of the team uh, via Zoom uh, about the new interesting technologies that they use in their product, uh, in the part of the product, about the stuff that they learned. Uh, so, and uh, we spend uh, quite a lot of time organizing such stuff. Or for example, we one, once a year, we collect the whole team somewhere in the hotel. Uh, last time it was near Moscow. And uh, we invite speakers to speak for the technical team. We organize, uh, uh, sometimes we organize hackathons. Uh, but, well, uh, most of remote teams do that. WordPress, GitHub, uh, they all have such events. Some of them, by the way, have uh, more than one events uh, per year. Sometimes they collect one, once a year, they uh, collect a whole team. And then uh, each team has one or two meetings during the year just for, just for them. So yes, it's uh, it's it is a complicated question, the exchange of experience and uh, learning stuff. And uh, for Jago Chat, uh, what exactly can I do with it? As a customer, if I would download it, I would use it to communicate with my customers. Let's say on my e-commerce sites. Is that the only function? Well, that's where we started eight years ago. Java Chat was uh, an online chat uh, widget for e-commerce websites. Today, we evolved into multi-channel messenger, so you can also connect Facebook Messenger on, the, on your um, business Facebook account. You can connect Apple Business Chat. You can connect WhatsApp Business. You can uh, connect email. You can connect even phone calls and communicate with customers across all those channels in our app because uh, nowadays customers expect you to be available uh, Almost everywhere, they want to text you, SMS and Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp. Next, uh, next uh, thing is coming. I hope is Instagram when they all open the API. So, DriveChat is a multi-channel messenger that helps you to communicate with customers across all possible channels. So, how how exactly can I, as a user, how can I use it for omni-channel? If, uh, let's say, for example, I know if I have you have a connection to Shopify, um, right? So, if I 
integrated with my Shopify channel. I know I can chat directly with customers live, but mm -hmm. I can't understand what the connection would be with my company phone, for example. Uh, you can uh, buy a new phone number from us in uh, almost any country in any city and receive phone calls in Java chat uh, app. Uh, the call recordings will be stored there. You can send SMS messages. Uh, you can uh, uh, use the callback widget where visitor on your site can put his phone number in the callback form and receive instant callback during the next 30 seconds uh, where he will be instantly connected with one of your uh, sales or support guys. So it's, it's all inside our service. Nice. Okay, so that, that's going to be something very useful for somebody that has a more mature audience on e-commerce sites. There's people that love phone calls, right? The old school. We're talking about, I know one, one of the sites that, that I manage has an audience of, uh, that are about 60 years old. And <laughs> I can tell you right now that most of the conversions do not happen if there's not a communication either chat or phone, that conversion doesn't happen with that audience, right? They need to mm -hmm. talk to somebody and make sure that uh, this is real, right? Because uh, it's just a website for them. They don't know if it's safe, if there's a real person behind it. Uh, correct, so correct. Dif different audiences have different preferences, but also inside the same audience, there are different, um, let's say, sales cycle situations. For example, uh, one thing is when you just discovered the site and you're looking around and you're not ready to get on the phone and ask questions. But it would be nice if someone can uh, answer your ad hoc questions right while you're browsing the site. But then uh, when you made up your mind and uh, you're, I don't know, uh, this, uh, made a decision, what, what do you want to buy? Or you, want, you have a very specific question that is too uh, long to discuss in chat, you can get on the phone and either uh, sort out your pro question or make a purchase. So we, uh, we advise our customers to provide both options, to text and to call. And the call options should be really, really easy because uh, one thing is to type, uh, to put out your phone, uh, enter the phone number, wait uh, for an answer. And another thing is enter your phone number in the widget and receive instant callback where you already know you will be connected to a live person without waiting in queue. Uh, so yeah, that's, there is a question of psychology. What is easier and uh, more comfortable for you right now? Exactly. So when it comes to the integration, uh, let's say Shopify, WooCommerce, or any kind of, it doesn't necessarily have to be e-commerce, right? But that, I guess that's the biggest use is going to be on e-commerce, but you could have this on a blog as well. Yeah. How, how easy are those integrations for somebody that doesn't have experience with, with coding or anything? Is it just a couple of clicks of a button? Yes, for most of the platforms, uh, we have plugins. So we just go to Shopify Marketplace, yeah. search for Java Chat, and it's, uh, it's installed in a couple of clicks. Uh, for those platforms where you don't have integration, it just takes uh, copying and pasting uh, a piece of code. And that's what uh, any webmaster will do in 15, 15 seconds. So yes, installation on the website is really straightforward. Very good. So I noticed something that with, with 284,000 customers, uh, there are, there's always somebody that's unhappy, right? Somebody that's not happy with any kind of doesn't matter what service it is you can never please everybody but 
I also noticed that you have almost five-star review with over 6,000 reviews. So there has to be something that's being done wrong. How, how is that possible? Uh, you mean App Store or Google Play reviews? Yeah, App Store. App Store. Well, uh, uh, I can <laughs> uh, tell you the secret. We were getting almost only negative reviews because you see the problem is it's very, very hard to, uh, to get people to leave you positive reviews because when everything is fine, Yes. Uh, they just don't bother going and writing a review. But when something is wrong, they are very compelled to write something uh, everybody will see, right? Yeah. And because you're feeling very strong emotions right now and they compel you to go and uh, share that emotion with everyone. So what changed is that um, uh, I, I wrote a funny and uh, engaging message requesting a review. So... I, I don't know if the guys uh, changed it now, but the idea was something like, uh, hey, did you know that uh, our programmers receive uh, a ton of uh, dopamine once they get a positive review and uh, the, there are two buttons, uh, leave a review or keep programmer unhappy. Uh, so once we did that and uh, we showed that uh, we really, really want people to give us some love, uh, we started getting positive reviews from the guys uh, who enjoyed using our product. Before that, we were getting only complaints. For example, if you missed a couple of chats or, I don't know, your internet connection was unstable and the push message was delayed, uh, um, even if uh, it was not, it had nothing to do with Java chat because we're not, uh, we can't do anything about uh, how push messages are delivered. That's on Google and Apple. Um, and also, when you receive a message on Facebook, you don't really know how much time did it take to deliver those messages, right? Because it could be sent five minutes ago and uh, uh, re you received it only now. But when it goes to online chat, the customer could have left already. And it's crucial for us to deliver the message during several seconds. And uh, when the owners of the website miss this message for some reason, we get a negative review. So uh, we, we try to do our best to cope with those situations. But uh, sometimes we get those complaints. Uh, every complaint uh, on App Store or Google Play goes in our uh, Slack channel where development team looks into every single negative review. What's, what happened there, they find this customer's account in our system, they see, uh, uh, see what's uh, going in their logs and uh, whatever. And uh, yeah, that's, we, we try to do our best to decrease the number of uh, those the reviews. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunately as an e-commerce seller, I know all about reviews and <laughs> people are, they will go out of their way when they are uh, frustrated. They will go out of their way to leave a bad review. But if they're happy sure. with something, that they're just happy. That's it. So they'll not go out of their way uh, unless there's something exceptional in, or if you do not ask for a review. So I, I mean, we we depend a lot on reviews as e-commerce when, when when we're selling on other people's platforms, mm -hmm. like for example, selling on Amazon. We do require reviews because that's the social proof that others have loved the product, right? Mm -hmm. And if nobody else has loved the product, most people we notice a, a huge decrease in conversion as well. So yeah, sure. well, what what I've noticed is uh, in uh, our line of business in. Uh, SaaS, where you communicate with your customers through interfaces. The things you write in your interfaces, in your descriptions, is very, very important. 
So that's uh, uh, the tone in which you're writing creates uh, one or other mode of relationship. And it's very important how you communicate with people. Yes. So uh, a curious experience that we ran, I don't know if you ever try that, Tim, but uh, on, for example, on the Amazon platform, we tried uh, every time there is a sell, we send there's an, a message that goes with it. Normally, we send a message one day after the product has been delivered. So one day after it's been delivered, we send a message just asking if everything is okay. Now, the test that we ran was, at first, I thought it was ridiculous, but we tried it anyway. And it was the signature, a male signature versus signing a, f a female signature, right? So <laughs> in, instead of putting uh, John, customer support, it would be, for example, Anna of customer support. And there was a huge increase on response rate to Anna versus John. <laughs> and people were, were more likely to leave a review, ask her after she asked for it, rather than when John asked for it. So uh, I guess very sexist. <laughs> yes, yeah. So it's I guess human behavior, or people are I don't know. They feel more more open to uh, to comply. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So it's, it was it's interesting. It was it was interesting test, and uh, when we first started, I figured oh, that's ridiculous. Nobody's gonna care. I, I don't even look at signatures. But um, yes, I, I guess it does work. So we changed it, and uh, very interesting. Anna sends all, all emails. <laughs> uh, now, one of the things I'm very curious about is uh, on the back end, when somebody is running Jivo Chat as, as a customer, what do they see? Let's say uh, I have it on Shopify and somebody contacts me that they're having issues on the site and I'm there. And what do I see on the customer side? Do I see what page they're on or what can I see? Well, we collect uh, anything we can about the customer. Um, if uh, they are contacting uh, you via the website, we get their address, IP address, location, or the pages that they viewed, uh, um, the contact information if they left or some of their contacts. If they contact you through Facebook Messenger or other platform, we get uh, whatever information we can out of that mm -hmm. platform. Okay, so if they have an account and they're logged in, I can see their their history, right? What they bought yeah. as well in the past. Yeah. Beautiful. So, Tim, I mean, you guys are doing, uh, at this point, uh, over 800000 per month. Is that correct? Yes, something like that. So, congratulations. That is, I mean, it's not easy getting to that kind of, to that That's scale. It, yeah. Does it, because it doesn't come overnight, uh, is it, easy to absorb when when you go into the the high seven figures you should be at 800 you should be approaching not, uh, eight figures now uh is it something that you still sometimes think you're dreaming or it settles in because it's it's a slow process well uh, our growth was more or less linear during eight years so, and mm -hmm. I believe that's a healthy way to grow because uh, if it uh, happened overnight I'm not sure I couple of years ago, I would be ready to manage all the processes. Yes. Uh, so yes, it's uh, it's an evolutionary process. So um, 
I have a four-year-old daughter, and when she grows, uh, uh, I almost don't, don't notice it. Only, only when I pull up my photo album, <laughs> I yes. notice how fast she, she's growing. <laughs> I think uh, the same uh, same thing is uh, happening with, with the business. Uh, it's uh, look natural to me now. I understand what's going on, but uh, when I uh, uh, just just a couple of days ago, I have a moment of nostalgia when I opened my MindMaster map that I created in 2011 when I was just planning the business with, you know, different uh, branches, like uh, how to open a company in Delaware, how, which processing company to use, how to structure the admin panel of the product, how to organize billing. And I was looking at it and uh, like half of that uh, was a complete fantasy and that never happened. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, uh, now I understand where I was wrong at the moment and how it's evolved into what it is right now. So, yeah, I, I think, well, I, I know what happens in invested companies who grow like a hockey stick. Um, maybe it's it's different. I'm, I'm sure it's different. Yes, that definitely is. You know, you, you, you mentioned something that uh, it's so, so good. And it's like the looking back of what your plans were at the beginning and to see what things actually came true, what didn't, what was completely ridiculous. And not too long ago, I was talking to somebody that um, they had, they would bury their their plans for the future. They would bury them in tin cans and they would, <laughs> the things that they would like uh, today, uh, their business cards, they would put everything in that kind of that tin can, and then every five years they would open one can, right? So they just mm -hmm. started recently opening the cans from five years ago. So every year they'll have one, and it's funny the plans that you make. And I mean, looking back, everything is easy, but when you're looking into the future, things are are could be it could be funny. <laughs> well, uh, one thing I was uh, I, I started wondering is. Uh, what plans that I make now are not are not meant <laughs> to, to, to turn out to be true. So, yeah, it's only only in retrospect. In retrospect, we can understand that. So, what are the plans for the future now with you and Jaiwo Chat? Well, right now we are finishing. Uh, well, I think it's fourth iteration of our product. Uh, we have a tradition every two years we rewrite the products from scratch <laughs> because uh, the world is changing very fast. Like yeah. four years ago, there was not, uh, there wasn't so many messenger platforms we had to integrate with, uh, and uh, also it's dependent on country. Now Apple uh, is releasing their API for businesses. Uh, Facebook opens their platforms. Um, so uh, the fourth iteration of our product will include the CRM product. We want, uh, we see that a lot of our customers are stru struggling with organizing uh, of uh, several very common processes following up on leads, handing incoming uh, orders, uh, organizing the work inside the team. So we're, we've decided to incorporate a, uh, certain CRM features in our product so we can help our customers to organize those processes. But at the same time, uh, not uh, bother with integrating a full-fledged CRM system where they need to spend time and money on that project to make it in a very, very lightweight. Nice. So that's uh, what we're running right now. And hopefully we'll release a couple of months. That sounds exciting. And, and you know, you mentioned at the beginning of the show that one of the things that got you into it uh, was because you were looking at others and they either didn't look the way you wanted or they were too expensive. Yep. And you decided to create your own. And just, just for the record, for everybody listening, 
you, you did do that because um, Jaguar Chat professional uh, license is only $13. Isn't that right? Yes, that's correct. So you did exactly what, what your that was one of your plans, and you did exactly that because uh, there's so many apps that I can look at that go with the you know the ninety nine dollar a month that it's hard to justify or to explain. But I mean, at thirteen, I I don't see why. Uh, I mean, anybody at least uh, you know in North America, like you said, sometimes there's a, there a culture that that stops you from do that uh, doing that because I I was um, somewhat like that many years ago. But it's so easy to understand. Thirteen dollars and you get all the features that you have developed so far. It's incredible. Oh, yes. When you're running in a freemium mode, it's very important to give uh, enough incentive to switch from free to paid. And a uh, high price for the paid version is m might be a substantial barrier mm -hmm. even to start using the free version. So one thing is that you started using the free version and you see that if you need uh, to switch to premium, it's not that expensive. And the other thing is to use a premium version of a product that can cost you a couple of thousands. Yes. Then you you don't trust this product to you know be with you for a while. Mm -hmm. you now, Tim, I know you also uh, people can also contact you if they want you for speaking at events, right? So where do people find you, and how do people find JavaChat? Uh, well, JavaChat.com is uh, our <laughs> site. Uh, just type JavaChat in Google, and we'll get there. Um, people can reach me on Facebook. I think that's the easiest place to find Timur Vaishov. Um if you can leave the link in the description. Yeah. Nice. Okay, I'll put your, there you go. So I'll put Jago Chat on the show notes. I'll have your social media links there too, so people can check it out. And uh, Tim, thank you so much for this. Uh, I'm definitely going to check out Jago Chat as my, my, my own. I have a few e-commerce sites, so I'm going to be checking that out uh, right after the call. Uh, I mean, I already have it open on my screen, as, as we know. But uh, yeah, it's definitely something I'm going to check into right now. Please let me know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I will. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me, man.